and welcome to River Writers, a monthly conversation about the craft of writing. I'm your host, Dale Olson, with the Writers Guild of Astoria. Our guest today is blogger Bunny Ketterman, host of the website TheAbsurdist.com, frequent contributor at Rick's Open Mic, Kath Lamott Writers Open Mic, and and secretary of the Writers Guild. After retiring from a long career in social services, Bunny moved to the Pacific Northwest. She has also worked as a firefighter and a history teacher. Bunny is the creator of TheAbsurdist.com, a platform for for her humor. She writes to help others with trauma through her professional experience, as well as her personal experiences with PTSD, depression, and disability. Welcome, Bunny. Hi, Dale. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm delighted that you're here. This is um, kind of an interesting uh, writing discussion today because um, you do a type of writing that, uh, you know, might be unfamiliar to a lot of people. Do you want to share how you came to have PTSD and how it was compounded by the events that you lived through in 2018? Yeah, I think it's pretty important to, to put that out there right away so people know where I'm coming from. Um, So I developed PTSD from my career in child protective services as a social worker. And then um, the slow creep started in about 2014. I was diagnosed in 2018, which unfortunately was also the year of the Paradise Campfire. And that was in California. And I lost my home, my town, almost all of my possessions in that. So my PTSD got ramped up to complex PTSD. Um, through the loss of, of everything in the campfire. So it wasn't just enough to have normal PTSD. You needed to go for the ultra, super, um, de- deluxe version. I am the classic overachiever. So yes, <laughs> going along with that theme, yes, that's how I had to do it. Yeah. How, how Can you tell us how writing about the Paradise Campfire has helped you to process the impact of that event on your life? Um, writing about it. So I'm just going to kind of go into like, you know, processing trauma through writing. Um, it's being able to exercise one's demons. It's, it's having a voice. Um, it's getting a better understanding of one's personal narrative. And it's also control because all of the things that lead to PSTD are out of our control. Writing is, it's me. It's my voice. It's what I want to say, how I want to say it, when I want to say it. So it's, gaining back that control and just being able to, to process um, all the things that are going on in my mind. And I, I don't allow any filters. What I say, I need to say. And then there's me because I'm me bringing my humor um, into it, which is just, you know, my tagline on my website is that the universe speaks to me through irony and absurdity. So I very much honor that in my writing. (laughs) (laughs) Have, have you always been a writer or did this just was this a, a something that um, that came about as a way for you to process um, the various trauma that uh, you experienced? So when I was 10 as, as an avid reader, um, I just knew that I wanted to write and that someday I would write. And of course, at that time before computers, I was thinking a book. Right. Um, so I, I knew that I would write at some point. Um, I did come to the attention of my English teachers in high school, but I didn't really do anything serious. I dabbled in my late 20s. Um, I wrote some children's stories and stories about being a game warden's wife. The only thing that was ever published um, was an article about being a game warden's wife. 
Um, and then Universe was saying, you know, just wait. I'm going to give you some stuff to write about. <laughs> and it did. Uh, at 32 was the onset of my fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue. I was actually on Social Security disability and not working. And after I got my feet back under me and figured out that this was my new life, just a life without a lot of energy, it was all about work and being consumed by work and resting so I could continue to work. But all the while I was dying this slow death that I did not have any energy left over to create things, to to nurture my creative side or to write. And, and it was it was really awful. Um, as I was working at CPS, I was collecting snippets in my mind of, oh, that would be interesting. Oh, that would be good to write about. Oh, you know, there's going to be me telling my truth someday. Um, and so when I retired, after giving myself the gift of 10 months of doing nothing to help recover from some of my PTSD, then I started writing. And it's the floodgates have opened. And then I've just, ugh, I'm just so happy that I can finally make this 46-year dream come true. It sounds like um, that writing has actually uh, acted as a therapeutic tool for you in in recovering. It definitely has. And it's also just, in my, in my career, there was just a lot of um, oppression of really not being ourselves and not always saying what we needed to say or wanted to say. Um, and as well as just some sometimes in my life, I've just kind of felt oppressed with who I am as a person. That is no longer happening. It's full <laughs> force, floodgates open. I'm saying what I need to say, how I need to say it in the way that it's, it's just me. And it's the words are just, it's like opening a faucet. I, mm -hmm. I, I'm so blessed. I'm so grateful that I'm having this in my life right now. I just wish everybody who is listening could know you, Bunny, because... Bunny is just one of these people that is super comfortable with who she is and uh, just kind of what you see is what you get. She um, she just exudes a very positive uh, energy and and a love of life. And to me, that's kind of surprising considering the, the very difficult things that you have gone through and uh, lived and witnessed. I'm so glad that you see that. Um, you're, you're very astute, Dale, um, because that's exactly how I describe myself. What you see is what you get. And I'm all about love and compassion. And despite the horrible things that I've witnessed in my career or what I've been through in my personal life, the struggles and the tragedies, I love life. It's it's fantastic. I'm not saying there's not bad parts of it because there is. But in general, life is fantastic and wonderful and interesting and, you know, this is my life. This is the life I was given to live this go around. What am I going to do with it? And so I, I don't want to be bitter or angry. That's not me. So how can I live my best life? How can I continue to help others? And how can I write? I need to write. I need to create. <laughs> well, I think what really um, uh, has impressed me a lot about your writing is that that your humor is um, is is so present in your writing and, and it, and it from uh, for someone on the outside looking in, it appears to me that humor, you are using humor to help yourself um, heal with, you know, from the, from the events that you've, that you've lived through. Can you, can you describe um, what influences shaped your dark humor and, and your appreciation of irony? 
Most definitely. So as a child growing up in the 70s, you know, I, I saw Disney, of course. Um, but early on, like at 10 years old, I was introduced to National Lampoon magazine, which I know <laughs> is not the typical thing that children read. But but very liberal upbringing in the 70s. There it was. Um, also introduced to Monty Python, um, <laughs> Mad Magazine. So this this is how I developed my sense of humor, um, which I'm thankful because it has served me well dealing the, with the things that I have dealt with. Um, so I, I definitely get my sense of humor there. And it's just been fertilized by the things that life has gifted me, which, yes, do include the tragedies and the fire because... It makes me who I am, and I really like who I am. Yeah. So, you know, it is what it is, right? Like, yeah. It's the life I was given. And, and I would like to say um, here, just up front, as we're um, early in this conversation, that I did ask Bunny before we began today if there were any um, words that uh, that I should avoid saying during, during our conversation, um, because... Uh, for a lot of people who have experienced trauma, there are words that can trigger some really um, some really bad memories and uh, may may cause them to uh, start to relive or re-experience that trauma. So, um, so I did check with Bunny before we before we began talking today, and um, so just get that out there. Uh, I what one thing I um, am wondering about, kind of in relation to triggers. Uh, when you write about a traumatic experience, how do you take care of yourself so you are not reliving that injury? So it's interesting. So what happens first is that, you know, I have this idea of, of what I want to write about. And then I, I get very excited and I sit down and I write it and the words pour out. Um, and there's times I'm not going to say that that as I'm writing something, even if there's some funny parts to it, there's also, if you've read my work, which I know you have, there's, there's darkness there too. Yeah. Um, so there's, I'm not going to say that even if I'm writing something that does have funniness in it, I'll be sitting there sobbing and crying, but it's, but it's okay. I'm okay with crying. Crying to me is a strength and it's good because I know I'm getting this information out. Um, it's pretty rare that that happens, but it does happen. Um, I'm just, overwhelmed when I think of, the, of what I've been through or a particular incident. Um, but then I write the piece. But usually what happens, even if there's no crying, is usually the next day, if it's something heavy, that I'll be really, really exhausted. And it might be actually for a couple days afterwards. And it's it's exactly the same reaction I have when I do my weekly therapy, when I'm processing things hard, is that fatigue comes with it. But the way one of my past therapists explained it is when you process trauma it's like going to the gym it's a great thing to go to the gym you want to you want to work your muscles and get your cardio in the next couple of days you're going to be a little sore that's part of the process so when it comes to processing trauma it's the same thing you might get a little extra depressed or tired or whatever your symptoms are but it's going to pass it's necessary to get these things up and out and that's just how it comes through the body so yeah. so it's just a normal part of um processing. Yes, it is very much whether it's in therapy or whether it's how I write my stuff, it's it's the results are the same. Yeah, and you know kind of what to expect I do. after writing about something that's very difficult or painful. And part of it is and, and part of my life that that I've learned from living with fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue is that I only have so much energy so I have to schedule my life. Um not that life always cooperates, but in general I don't over put too many things on my calendar. 
So if I, whether it's therapy or if it's writing, I know that, you know, the next day I might not be able to do anything. And so I, I plan accordingly. So and being retired, thankfully, I can do that. Where did the idea come from to start blogging and create your own website where you could share share these stories? Oh, here's the irony. So as a child, I thought, books, I will write books. Well, along comes this thing called the computer and, and the internet. And as we were discussing earlier today, I am not a tech fan. I'm tech phobic. I don't, it just sends me into a tailspin. But in this day and age, you can self-publish online and you can have a website. And so I knew you know, sitting down and writing something for three years, then trying to get a book published versus overcoming my fear and trepidation about doing a website, I can publish something instantly. And so that was the drive and the appeal. And um, good, my good friend, good shout out here to Tina, who helped me. She's like my, my web guru. She did help me after I purchased my website, set it up. Um, and so overcoming that was, was a huge hurdle for me. But just knowing that that I could do it, that's awesome. Because look, I can I'm quote unquote published, right? Even though it's on my own website, I'm still mm-hmm. published. <clears throat> and then the thing about my website is the blog part is my stories, but then the rest of it is tools and resources to help people with their own trauma, depression, disability, whatever life is throwing at them. I, I think on some level we're all in recovery from something. And so I can't take the social worker out of me and I still need to help people. And so this is how I want to help people by offering these resources um, to help people with trauma. And have you uh, have people started to find your website? Have you have you heard um, have you gotten any feedback yet from people who have discovered uh, your your resources or or your stories that are on your blog? Not yet. Mostly it's just, you know, local writers and, and friends. Um, I did have one place back east, a recovery center. Um, they wanted me to share their information on my site, which which I did. Um, so obviously they they found me. But I only published this just back in September, so this is still it's still in its infancy. Um, I'm not optimized on Google. I don't know how to do that. That's on my to do list. Um, but so I know this just is a matter of time. Just just doing what I've done. I'm just so excited that I've been able to do what I've done at this point. Yeah. Well, I have to say, uh, once I, um, I mean, I've, I've gone to your site now a couple of times to do some reading, and it's uh, it it your writing is so engaging, and so uh, I mean there, there's enough humor to leaven the heavy parts, and um, it's actually once I've started reading, I, you know, I kind of have a hard time stopping. So good. to to me that that shows. Uh, you know, you're, you're really, um, you're really engaging with people oh, thank you. and your, your writing, uh, is, is the evidence of that. So, um, if you're just joining us, I'm Dale Olson and this is River Writers. We're talking with local writer, Bunny Ketterman, who uses humor and compassion to write about living with trauma, anxiety, and depression. And, uh, I want to know uh, what your writing process looks like, Bunny. Is it is it disciplined? You, you said you do schedule your activities, or are you um, uh, do you keep a journal? I mean, how where where do where do you get your um, the, the threads for the the next thing that you want to write about? And is it something that you do you know uh, plan into your day? Um, and before we get into that, if it's okay, I want to go back to humor real quick because. Um, as a professional social worker, I also know that, that humor 
Um, while it's good for healing, it can also be a, a defense mechanism and a way to deflect. Mm-hmm. If you're having a conversation from with someone and they say, oh, what, a, what about this thing? People can like, oh, ha, ha, make a joke and then never top, touch that topic mm-hmm. again. They can keep it away from themselves by doing the same thing. So humor in some ways, I want to acknowledge, can be unhealthy. I'm glad you said that. Yeah, I think it's super important to point that out because it's not just, ha, ha, make a joke and walk away, right? Um, the way I use my my humor, I think, is a healthier way to cope with the pain. So I just do want to point that out because we all, yeah. I think, have seen people who deflect and then they never even go there. Which... It, it's, a, it's a way to avoid... Uh getting to, to yeah. the heart of the matter. Yeah, it's avoidance, it's defense, it's deflection. So yeah, I just want to point out the differences there. Um, so my writing process, um, like I, I said, when I was still working at Child Protective Services, I would actually write down little snippets. I had a really long commute, which which was good for safety reasons. I mean, it also allowed me to kind of like clear out the cobwebs a little bit. Well, a lot of that was thinking about, oh, how would I write this? all these different things that were happening to me. And then I would take notes that I would remember, whether it's like the title of a story or a turn of a phrase. Unfortunately, I lost all that stuff in the fire. Okay. So um, when I started the process, when I moved up here, I bought a notebook and then I just sat down and I just went through my memory of of all the stories that I want to tell. So basically it was like a, a, a moment or a title or something that would help me remember Sometimes I was like, oh, yeah, and I want to make sure I, I phrase this this way. Um, so I have my notebook. But usually when it's when the mood is upon me, because it's all dependent on my energy, I it's so hard to plan my life. Um, I can't depend always on having the energy. But if it's upon me and I'm feeling that creative itch, I will either get out my book and scan through it and think, oh, okay, I'm going to go ahead and write that story. Or it just pops in my mind and it becomes an obsession. It's like, oh, yeah, I need to write this. I always have music going when I'm when I'm writing. That's so much. If I'm awake, music is on. That's so much a part of of making my brain work well. And then I just sit down and I just when my brain is working and my energy is good and I'm not having seasonal affective disorder, which I'm just coming out of. It's it's like opening up a faucet the way the words pour out of me, and I'm so thankful that my brain is functioning that way because it usually doesn't. <laughs> uh, so I'm just so thankful that that, that is part of my process. Um, and then I sit with my, as I'm writing, my phone is next to me because as I'm using words, I don't want to keep using the same descriptors over and over. So I, I use a thesaurus a lot. Mm-hmm. It's really important to have that there. So as I'm coming up with a word, I'm like, okay, what's another word I can use? And then I craft it into, into the sentence. And that's an exciting part of it. Even if I'm stopping my yeah. sentence to pull that word out and put it in, that to me is a fun, exciting part of, of the crafting part of it. Yeah. Uh, do your cats uh, play a part in, in your writing process? They do. Sometimes I'm blessed that either Cuckoo or Mushroom or Bell Pepper, my three cats, will occasionally come and sit with me when I'm sitting down to write. They'll come and sit next to me. Um, so that just brings so much more joy and, and pleasure to it. And then I'll sit there and discuss with them what I'm writing. So, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> awesome. I love my cats. <laughs> well, I'm sure that they assume that you're always writing about them. But, of course. As cats do believe that yes. the whole world re- revolves around them. It does. At least our cat feels that way. Um, have you always been funny? I think that I have, but I was I was extremely shy as a child, which people who know me now would be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, when you do, when you're a firefighter, when you're a, a 
a high school history teacher or when you're a child protective service social worker and you go to court all the time and you do investigations like the shyness, it just has to go away. Um, so I think that I have always been funny and pretty quick witted, but now it's just like this, this monster that's come roaring onto this, onto the scenes. So <laughs> it's a good monster. It's a very good <laughs> loving monster. Uh, well, I, I really enjoyed um, hearing you read your work at Winecraft uh, at Rick's open mic and at the Kath Lamb at writer's open mic. Um, what uh, or how does it feel when you share those personal stories uh, with a live audience? So it's interesting because when I still lived in California and I was still working at Child Protective Services, when I would think about pieces I wanted to write, then I started thinking like, it would be fun to do an open mic, but I felt really nervous about it. Like it filled me with anxiety, but I'm like, oh, I I do want to at least try that once. Oh, well, one of the gifts of, of going through the fire is that after the fire, my perspective on how I live my life changed because I just don't care about most things. And I don't mean that in a negative way. Like the small things don't matter. You know, it's the focus on the things that do matter. And I just any hesitancy about anything, it's gone. It got burned, it got burned up in the fire. Um, so the first time I did it, I went to Rick's and I just watched. I'm like, OK, I can do this. And then I was not at all nervous when I got up the second time I went to read and I wasn't nervous. I was just excited. So it was it was so nice to not be nervous or anxious because before the fire, I certainly would have been. And then once I got up and read, oh, uh oh, I'm a little addicted to this and I'm Jewish and I'm the Jewish ham. And if I can get a laugh, it's even better. So, yeah, I did not have any idea how much I would love getting up to perform my pieces like it's. Yeah. As much as I love writing, I love performing it too. I just, it was kind of shocking to me how knowing, thinking of me, that little shy, quiet child who wouldn't talk, getting up and saying my things up in front of an audience. Yeah, I'm a little shocked, but I love it. You love the, the energy and the reaction that, I do. that comes back to you. I do. Absolutely. And if I can get those laughs, I'm like, sweet. <laughs> have you, how long have you lived here? 19 months. Okay. So how did you discover the Writers Guild and what made you want to be a part of it? So I started attending um, Unitarian Universalist services and one of the congregants just mentioned open mic and passing. And so up came that thought of, you know, hey, I wanted to do this someday. Oh, well, I better go check this out. And then by then I had already started writing some pieces. So I knew that I would have something to contribute and so I went and then I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do this. And then through Rick's open mic, then I discovered the Writers Guild. So one one great thing just led to another great thing, which is, you know, it's great when the universe works this way. Yeah. Well, I think it was meant to be. And we're so grateful that, that you did find us um, because you've def- in a sh- very short time, you've become a real important uh, piece of, of how how we plan and do our programming and you're just a, a great uh, a great asset to the organization. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate that and I just have to thank you prof- profusely for you know approaching me and asking me to join the guild and then, you know, being very encouraging like you you basically are my patron. <laughs> so, I just uh, I just thank you so much for that. I just so so appreciate it. And I also just wanted to say that I really appreciate this opportunity because I, I've only had one thing published, which I can't remember the name of the magazine. It was lost in the fire. Um, and that was 29 years ago. So basically, you know, I don't have any books. I don't have any things that are holding my, my poems and my stories. It's just my website. I don't have any awards. 
but I do think I have an, a voice and something important to say. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but thank you because like you've given me this awesome opportunity to get myself out there and I just so, so appreciate it. Well, I think your work um, will speak to a lot of people as um, you become better known and uh, you have that exposure and people go to your website, theabsurdist.com and that's A B S U R D E S S dot com. Uh, there's um, there's a, there's a, a lot of uh, healing I think that can take place just through reaching out to other people um, who have also experienced trauma. Um, who who are some of your favorite writers and and what do you like to read? So I cut my teeth as a child. There's a lot of different you know books like that most kids read, the Beverly Cleary and stuff like that. But for adult works, which I started reading when I was ten, James Harriet. Um, you know, he was mm-hmm. the country vet in England in, in the, the 1930s and 40s. His work is what I cut my teeth on. And um, that's what makes me interested. And if I can write a story where you might cry, you might laugh, you might get a better idea of what humanity looks like and that it's engaging, like that was kind of my early guidepost. So definitely him. And then John Steinbeck. And then more recently, um, David Sedaris. Like these are my, my go-to people. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, and this is not an uncommon thing, and I do write about it in my website, that uh, because of the PTSD, it's really hard for me to, to read. There's just something about that I, I can't do it sustained. And I love books. And in high school, I'd read anywhere from 15 to 30 books a month. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I, I love to read. I, I could just consume books, and so many things fascinate me. Um, right after the fire, it took me a good year before I could start reading again. And it was a grief point because I loved books, but I just wasn't able to read. Um, And then unfortunately, after moving to Sacramento and then having bad neighbors move in, that's ultimately brought me up here again because of of loss and coming up here. I'm still, look, now we're 19 months into it and I'm still struggling to just sit down and and read a book. Um, But I know that because I've been through this before, like I said, this is not my first rodeo, that will change. Um, so I'm not really reading other things right now. Okay. And I, I just have to ask, um, after, you know, hearing some of, uh, your story, your humor stories, um, will you ever attempt to feed a pumpkin to a deer again? <laughs> I would first want to know if the local deer would prefer that wonderful, tasty snack, because if not, I would not put the effort out. Okay, so so listeners, this is that's your challenge to go find that story on uh, on Bunny's website because um, it's just it's hilarious. That's all I can say. I've, I've I've heard you read it. I think three times now, and every time I'm just like holding my sides because I, the just the images. You're uh, you're a master already at just kind of uh, drawing pictures with words, and they're just you know indelible in my mind now so thank you that that is what I'm trying to do and that story is I am a pumpkin bumpkin if you care to read it okay and um just uh last question here um what does the next chapter of your life look like to you so this year is getting myself known more out more doing more public speaking events I want to start a writer's group like maybe called writers in recovery 
to help people with PTSD and trauma through writing. And I want to get out and read my stories and talk about my PTSD experiences. So that's what's on the schedule for this year. That's, uh, that is a great goal. I think um, just uh, by, by naming the thing that is that, that has happened to you, I mean, I'm speaking for myself here, by naming it and talking about it, um, you take your power back and that thing has less power over you. Absolutely. Well, what a delight it has been chatting with you, Bunny. Thank you for spending time with River Riders today. And again, for our listeners, you can find Bunny's blog at www.theabsurdist.com. And you can catch River Riders here on KMUN every second Monday at 9 a.m. The Writers Guild is a 501c3 supporting and encouraging writers in Astoria and the Lower Columbia. More information about the Writers Guild can be found online at www.thewritersguild.org. Until next time, keep the words flowing and your pencil sharp. I'm Dale Olson for River Riders. River Riders.